we're back for another episode of Comfort Monk. Um, this time, we got the legendary skateboarder and uh, musician, photographer, um, Ray Barbie. Um, he's uh, probably, I mean, he's definitely one of my favorite guitarists. He, when I when I moved to college in 2009, I got a copy of a record called Ray Barbie Meets the Matson 2 and I just digested it so heavily and would just play guitar along to it all the time. I I credit it for being uh, a big part of why I like fell back in love with guitar as an instrument. I think there was a period before then where guitar had become kind of just a uh, necessary like, means to an end as far as songwriting is concerned and then when I heard that I was like oh I can be so much more than that like just hearing hearing his take on that style of playing he is like yeah. it's a really awesome approach to guitar I'm not in love with guitar playing that's like super flashy and super um, self-indulgent necessarily and I feel like he kind of he can be really impressive with his technique without um, being a disservice to the song like it's always complimentary to everything else that's going on but it's also um, still while you know while staying very um, tasteful it's still incredibly impressive just the the vibe that he that's instantly recognizable is Ray Barbie's tone and his uh, just his approach to the guitar as a, an instrument um, but he's just done a lot of things that I that I'm super inspired by I mean his skateboarding career is I mean is just really unrivaled by a, a lot of people you know i mean he's his approach is just similar to his guitar playing it's a you know it's he's not always doing the what you know the same style of tricks that everybody else is trying to pull off whatever is trend setting like he'll be wrapped up in just doing some really impressive flat ground work that you don't always see as often anymore um i, I remember uh when i was growing up and skateboarding with all my friends uh, one of the very popular videos was One Step Beyond, and it was just these huge vert ramps. It was Tony Hawk doing a you know a 720 over a 70 foot gap or something ridiculous like that. And um, my cousin had a bunch of old like 80s and 90s skate videos, oh, yeah. and we'd watch it. And I distinctly remember uh, Ray Barbie's part from um, Ban This, mm -hmm. and it was. He really never gets more than a foot off the ground. He's just doing all these kind of super complicated, you know, kind of like foot movements. It's kind of dancey, um, you know, a bunch of no complies and oh yeah, that's what reverts he's, I and think stuff that's like that. The no comply in particular is like a trademark of his yeah, for sure. Where it looks like he's just kind of floating off the ground. It doesn't. The physics of it almost doesn't make sense when you watch it. Right. I mean, uh, it, it's it almost is like his style. It kind of reminds me of the early days of skating when where there was a lot more crossover in style with surfing. Um, just like a very cruising, uh, just all about flow and just like uh, maybe not, you know, a lot of skaters, which I think it can be really impressive in its own way, have a very aggressive and like uh, lean into that side of their skateboarding, whereas his, I think it just fits his personality really well. I mean, you can tell talking to him that he's incredibly laid back and I think he just wants to have fun getting from A to B on his board and that doesn't maybe it doesn't always mean that he's jumping down the biggest stair set in his city but it means that he's yeah. doing more in a in a empty parking lot than some people can with like the best setup they can best skate spot in town you know yeah there's there's a big there's a lot of rhythm to it too kind of bringing it back to the music uh like street skating has a whole lot of 
you know, noise and, you know, slapping the ground and, you know, wheels, uh, you know, being, being pulled in ways they're not supposed to and squeaking and just kind of all that just kind of, uh, fits together and is, ends up being very like percussive, uh, when you watch his stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot of the skate videos I've seen of his include like his own music, which you know, I don't see it too often either, but it works so well because his style, it, it really is comparable to his music style. Um, you know, just very, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to say that his guitar playing is easy listening because I think that kind of gives the wrong impression. But I mean, to a certain extent, that is pretty accurate and that it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just really like if I'm just trying to put something on that I can just have as like really a really solid soundtrack for whatever I'm doing at any given time it's perfect for that you know i mean it, it's you can even have a, a nice conversation over it without it being you know yeah. i listen to so much stuff that's kind of loud and abrasive that it's just nice to have something that uh that gets know. into more of a groove kind yeah, of totally but um you know i could talk about ray barbie all freaking day um but instead i think maybe we should jump to it and let people hear what ray had to say great looking forward to hearing it all right, well, thanks for tuning in, guys. This is Ray Barbie for the Comfort Monk Podcast. Hello? Hey, is this Ray? Yes, sir. How's it going, man? Good, how you doing? Doing good, man. Thanks for talking to us. Uh, I'm Dylan, by the way. I know we've met online and whatnot, but good to meet you via the phone. Yeah, yeah. Good to meet you, man. Yeah. Oh, oh, for a second, I was like, huh, is Eastern time two or three hours? <laughs> I had to think about it, too. From, I was like, from, oh, Ca- from Cali. Is it, is it two or three? I, think I, it's, I mean, I guess it's three. I, I think mean, it's three, two. yeah. It's three, okay. Or, right? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was so, thinking the same. I was wondering because, if that was going to throw you off at all, being a little bit of an earlier call today. Yeah, no, no. Um, I, I yeah, I'm, today is kind of a mellow day because family's you know because of the holiday, family's home, and um, I, I took off early this morning. I've been working on this, trying to get some images for this project and trying to get sunrise. So um, I've been up since three thirty. Wow. So, um, so I'm on the, I'm on the back end of like, uh, <laughs> relaxing the rest of the day. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So, um, yeah, man. So well, what, I'm, I'm so sorry. So is it a, is it, is it a podcast or what are you guys, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, we're kind of figuring some of it out as we go, man. But, uh, I mean, primarily so far it has been a podcast endeavor. Um, we, we interviewed Tommy Stinson from the replacements a few few days ago although i use the term interview loosely because they've been pretty conversational but um we're, <laughs> yeah which is what i'd prefer i think i think that's what people want to hear they don't want to hear something too scripted but uh we're chatting with uh with old mike watt tomorrow night he and uh oh he, right on yeah man he's in a he and uh my friend cam who's uh just one of my favorite one of my other favorite bassists um they're gonna get together and chat about uh james jamerson a bit just because it's somebody they both really appreciate i'm kind of yeah in yeah, for the bass nerd times 
Jamerson. Yeah, rad, man. I love Watt, man. Oh, yeah, dude. You get him going on something like that, and you'll have endless stuff to use worth saving. Not even not even something like that. Get Mike going on anything. <laughs> so true, man. He, Mike, Mike, will, Mike will get himself going. <laughs> yeah, he's about the most generous person you could have for something like this. They just give you way more than yeah. you could ever ask for. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do you and Watt still get together and jam every once in a while? We haven't we haven't jammed in a, a while, but um, but I'll see him. I just saw him not too long ago. He's just because he's in Pedro and I'm in Long Beach. So, um, but uh, yeah, it'd be so fun to do a project with them. You last should... time, last time we jammed together is for my friend's school project. I have a friend, um, Eric, um, who does a uh, teaches. Is it fifth grade? I think, and um, he does a uh, art program with his at his school, and him and, and a couple other classes, um, they will basically do assignments that his artist friends will like lessons and assignments that they'll put together with them, and then when it's at the end of the year, um, they'll have their art show. And then a lot of times they get the kids to jam on a song with with musicians, and and Watt's always a part of it. I've been a part of it, and my buddy Chuck Trees. And it's a revolving cast, but I would say the staples have been Watt for sure. Um, my friend Randy Randall is always in the mix from uh, No Age. Um, and but anyways, so last the last time I saw Mike or jammed with him was kind of end of school year last year, right before summer, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I might have seen something, or at least I saw some sort of uh, either a picture or some footage of him playing in like a courtyard at a high school or a middle school or something recently. That's it, that was nice. it, yeah. Yeah, that was it, yeah. And we did a, we did a minor threat song. Oh, <laughs> so nice, the kids, man. Kids sang, we're just a minor threat, and so it was cool. And then Tim Kerr from Big Boys, Tim's a big part of that program. A really good friend of my friend Eric, uh, Eric Caruso, and uh, he's got this thing called Freedom Jam. So that's just open, and he's got like a motif that Watt holds down the baseline, and then uh, and then it's just free all around. You know what I mean? And so everybody's just kind of kind of floating in and, and all around that motif, and so that's a fun one for the kids because they can just grab whatever. Yeah. You know, a lot of times they'll just have all kinds of different percussion kind of things, and um, and then at some point we hand them our guitars, and and uh, and and so, anyways, it's a fun time. But well, I'm sure that's what you saw. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys are documenting that somehow. That'd be great to look back on and listen back. Yeah. On. Some people. Yeah. Some people are filming it. Yeah. Nice. Totally. Man, I, yeah, I'm, man, I'm a late. Uh, I'm late to discovering the big boys, but I do. I though I was late to discover it. I'm I'm a fan now. That stuff is great. And Tim Tim's artwork is incredible. Yeah, man. Tim's rad, man. He stays He'd be busy. A good one to have like. on your thing. Yeah, yeah. I need to get in touch with him. That'd be great. Man, I was. Uh, yeah, I can get you in contact. Oh yeah, let's let's do that. That'd be awesome. Um, man, I I feel um like somehow your most recent record kind of slipped by me that tiara for computer, but I just discovered it the other day and it is incredible, man. Um. 
the backstory is really interesting too. Um, you want to? <laughs> yeah. What you want to kind of? Oh, you mean us? you mean the back? You, you, oh, you're talking about the backstory to the title? Well, both both of them. I guess maybe if you want to like kind of give the listeners here a little bit of the backstory to the title, and then maybe telling them about recording it. I feel like that project as a whole is just super interesting. Yeah. Well, the project itself came together really because of uh, independent trucks. Um, they had, they had, they asked if, me if I wanted to do a capsule collection. They were starting to do um, little kind of uh, signature trucks, like limited run of signature truck kind of for pro skaters, and they had started to do like a collection, like package them with things, right? Right. And so. Um, so when my friend Keith was like, Ray, would you want to do one? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. Um, then they were like, well, who would you want to do the art for it? Because they like to kind of team up with an artist, you know? And um, and my buddy, Thomas Campbell, who I'm a part of his uh, kind of creative hub called Um Yeah Arts. Oh, yeah. They put out... Uh... Yeah. They put out which one? They put out Agar, that that uh that Matson Two record, and yeah, totally, exactly. Mm-hmm. Those guys are definitely uh, an inspiration for our project. Just those kind of creative minds are in the same vein of what we're trying to pull up. I'd say. Oh, uh, that's awesome! Yeah, and so um, so anyways, me and Thomas were talking about like, man, what do you want to do with the collection? Like, what what are the kind of deliverables, if you will, and um. Thomas was like, man, it'd be fun to do a, a record bag holder. And then, of course, we we're like, man, it'd be cool to do like a, like, you know, 45 or something to go with it, you know, maybe a song or two. And I had just gotten a, a Korg MS-20 Mini, like right before, right before my buddy Keith over at Indy reached out to me for the project, um, I'd gotten that sent. And I'd kind of been... I've kind of been becoming very interested in exploring analog synth. And um, I had gotten an opportunity to get a Moog um, Sub-37 a couple years prior, but it's it's pretty feature-laden, and it was kind of just intimidating, kind of one of those things, especially if you don't have no idea of what you're doing. You're just kind of like, you know, um, I never really dug into it much, you know, but right around this time, again, with, uh, getting this opportunity to do this capsule collection, like that was right around the time where I was wanting to, again, explore analog sense. And, but I needed something that was not as intimidating as my Moog. And so I got this Korg MS-20 mini and I remember right when I got it, I kind of, fiddling around with it and recorded this tune and sent it over to Tom and Thomas and uh and Thomas was like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Like what synth is that? And, and so anyways when this when this opportunity came up, I was like, Man, I don't want to do a guitar thing. It'd be fun to do maybe we'd do like a a synth track or something. Just and um basically that's what kind of set the direction and gave me the opportunity to explore and it went from two song 45 to a five song EP to a full length album basically. And one of the things I got excited about right away was 
and a kind of a big motivator with making the decision to want to do some, uh, you know, synth tracks for this project um, was my buddy Johnny Herndon, who plays drums for Tortoise. Him living in L.A., he had moved out from Chicago some years prior, and um, and just me just seeing it as an opportunity for me and Johnny to do something together, basically, and for me to kind of be able to function a little closer to where he lived musically. Um, and so it was really fun because I would just ride it home and just anticipate Johnny putting his drums on it. And then basically once it went from two songs to five songs, and then we started tracking in, um, at my buddy Monty's studio, Monty Valor, um, at Ruminator, um, studios in San Francisco. Once, once Johnny got on there and we started hearing like what he brought to it, then we're like, this is an album. Let's just keep going. And so I went back home and wrote some more songs and got Johnny to take some of the songs that we had already recorded and, and mangle them. We called it, um, just him doing what he does, which basically is like a remix kind of thing. But we thought it'd be really cool to have remixes be on the same album with the tracks. <laughs> Oh, totally. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of... And one thing I realized, too, also in, in what excited me about um, doing a synth album was, you know, capturing that, what I like to call, like, the, you know, kind of 2080, kind of like 20, 20% technique and 80% just enthusiasm and passion, you know, and there's something when you don't know what you're doing, when you don't know what you're doing is wrong, there's something, there's something special that can be in that. And you only get that once because the more you do something, then the percentage starts to shift. You know? Absolutely. Um, and so I recognized that that I was sitting in that. And so that was kind of something that, um, I guess was important for me also in, in wanting to do that, wanting to just explore this thing that I knew nothing about. I was just attacking it with just desire and, and uh, enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it definitely translates, you know, I mean, the record sounds like everybody involved is really excited about what they're doing, you know? And I think picking John Herndon to come in to play drums, I mean, God, the rhythm section is just, it's like a ton of bricks. It's incredible. I, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I guess I always thought of you as such a guitar guy for so long. It's really exciting to hear you step out of that and, and do it so well, you know? Um, I think that it's a cool project. I, I, I wish I had noticed when it came out in 2018, but it was a pleasant surprise to find it now. Oh, right on, man. I'm glad you dig it. Yeah, yeah we did. I'm, I'm glad it comes across that we're having fun because, um, at the end of the day, that's that's a huge part behind what we do. Just, I always think about it. I'm so thankful to not only just have opportunities to share music, but to to play it with 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 such amazing musicians that are genuinely my friends. You know, um, not cast them bringing in for some session or anything because I can't really function that way. You know. Um, and so I'm glad that that comes across. 
because it's genuine. Yeah. Well, speaking of trying to stay excited and, and feeling genuine about what you're working on, is that kind of what guides what what have you you know you're you're a man of so many different uh, you know interests your photography skating music is, and do you kind of lean into whatever you're just more excited about into at any given time or you just try to kind of keep sharp at everything or just whatever you're feeling inspired to do at any given time? Yeah, I mean, I think I've learned over the last I don't know maybe five years that you know. I'm always steered by, you know, it always starts with that curiosity and then that curiosity turns into an interest. And then that interest kind of will stay kind of at bay for a little bit until it just starts to eat me up. And then I'm just like, I've got to, I've got to explore it. I've got to experience it, you know? Um, And so, that's how I kind of get into these various interests and start to start to try to, I guess, grow and develop in them, you know? Um, but I've learned over the last five years that, like, I'm so model-minded that it's got to be, I've got to focus on one thing at a time. I can't multitask in that realm. <laughs> and so, like, when I was working on the album, that's kind of it. I was, I was kind of dealing with being hurt, so I couldn't really skate too much. Um, and, and the photography thing, that one, that one, that interest is unique in that it's a downtime kind of thing. It functions really well on downtime. You have a lot of downtime a lot of times, you know, when just, uh, and when I say downtime, I'm just meaning when, when you're doing other things outside of, you know, say, and playing music or skating, like photography thing is accessible and it's a part of just, it's on you. It's, it's with you. And so half of that process I can function in all the time, like shooting photos. But the other half that I really enjoy, which is printing in the dark room, then that one is, yeah, I've got to have a project where I just dedicate to just being in the dark room. Oh yeah. Um, you know what I mean? And so for me, I've just learned that I've just tried to figure out ways of conjuring up projects so that I can be justified in just concentrating on whatever it is. You know what I mean? So the album, I'm so thankful for, you know, Keith over at Indie wanting to do this capsule collection because it allowed me to justify pushing everything aside and working on the album yeah i get what you're saying man just kind of like you want to fully execute and make sure you're giving everything 100 percent instead of you know splitting yourself up almost stretching yourself a little too thin here and there you know yes the projects that make you dedicate the amount of time that it takes to you know, express yourself well, I guess, or try to do the best you can do, you know? Right. Um, and so, yeah. And so I kind of, I've kind of been, I've been able to kind of function and try to manage all these different interests and things, you know? Well, I was just thinking, um, uh, you know, the fact that you're, you're a good example of it, but there's so many 
skateboarders I know who who are also really, really talented photographers. And I was just thinking about how it's like a really beautiful symbiotic sort of relationship between photography and skateboarding because, you know, regardless of whether or not you dabble in the craft of photography, almost every skateboarder's got a photographer friend who they bring around to make sure they're getting shots wherever they're skating that day. It's just a, there's a deep history there between the two art forms, you know? And I think it's cool that you're well, yeah. a common thread. Yeah, music. Yeah, I mean, music, everything, you know what I mean? Like, I always say it's like, you know, like, the quilt of the culture of skateboarding, you know? It's like all the various patches. Think about it. It's all the stuff. That's true. You know what I mean? I mean, you got to have music Videography, you know what I mean? Music, imagery, right? Photos. Your skate graphics, too, so there's bringing in your, like, visual. Yeah, the art, the art, yeah. It's like, it's all the various patches of the quilt, you know? And so, um, I'm very thankful that, uh, you know, you have brands like Vans who grew up with skateboarding and they're able because they come from it and because they see that these are the various patches of the quilt, then they become huge in facilitating and keeping the quilt growing. Oh yeah. Keeping it, you know what I mean? I mean, they're doing, because they're doing super creative stuff over there at Vans. Like they, uh, um, you know, we're based out of Columbia, South Carolina here, and there's a you know one of the musicians from around here who's done really well for himself is a guy named Chaz Bundick who performs under the name Tori yeah. Lamar. But they, he just did a collaboration well, yeah, with bands on I their shoot. I heard him with. Oh, cool, man! Yeah, no, I know. I mean, I I first heard of Tori from the Mastin too, right? Because oh, I think yeah, they yeah. did an album. They did an album together, and then uh, and I think they did another album of their own on his label. Mm-hmm, yep. Um, if I remember, and so, um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, Vans is facilitating, man. They're keeping because they come from the culture. They see the importance. It's not. Um, they don't need a translator, you know. Like other brands that don't come from skateboarding, like they need a, they need a translator to uh, help them to understand the value in these type of things. Oh like, yeah. Somebody to somebody a hired gun to keep a finger on the pulse a little bit. Um Yeah. But but with a band, the main cat, um, Doug Palladini, he doesn't need a translator. <laughs> Which is huge because that keeps accountability as within the building as it continually grows bigger and bigger. You know what I mean? There's always accountability towards it's identity, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I guess so, Vans has been so historically kind of linked to that side of things. I'm glad that they, they never really strayed away from that, you know? Yeah, exactly. Cause, yeah, and so it's a really, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's a really neat time um, for that, you know, for the culture. <laughs> absolutely man for, for 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 the community you know what i mean because you have you have brands that are able to facilitate it and 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 uh give people opportunity to experience it and 
and function in it. And, you know, so yeah, it's super cool. I mean, I'm very grateful because they've allowed me to just be me basically. Um, yeah, very grateful. Very thankful. Well, man, uh, I appreciate you talking to me today. I won't keep you for too much longer, but, uh, is there anything, I know you're kind of, seems like you're doing some, some time to just hang with the fam, which is just as important as these creative endeavors, but have you, got, are you sitting <laughs> right on. on anything, doing anything new that you're excited about? Uh, right now I just have, um, got some, uh, I have a buddy who was curating at the museum in, uh, in Riverside, California. Um, they've got a really beautiful, um, museum, um, that's, Part of it is the California Museum of Photography, and then the other part of it is tied in with uh, UCR, the college there, the art program. And uh, anyways, I have some work hanging up, um, and so I'm pretty excited to be a part of that. Um, it's probably like 30, 30 images. Um, and anyways, we're going to do like a little panel thing, and then... Um, and then I'll play also, and that's coming up in a, a, uh, I think a week or so. Um, and then, yeah, looking forward to going out and being in Japan during the Olympics. Um, there's a festival that I've played out there, played out there with the Mass and Seal, played solo, played out there with my buddies, uh, Chuck Treese and Tommy Guerrero, Matt Rodriguez and Josh Whitby. We have a project together called uh black top project and uh but anyways this festival green room festival they're, they've been hired to do stuff around the surf aspect of the olympics and so they asked if i'd come out and play one of the evenings i think and so oh, man that's a, that's looking, a perfect fit yeah looking forward to tripping out on everything that's happening in japan because of the olympics <laughs> yeah man that's wild i guess i've never really thought about you know what the surf culture in Japan might be like. I feel like they'd be a, it'd be kind of a cool blending of worlds. Oh man, they embrace it. Oh man, that's awesome. Like yeah, Japan's like yeah, it's like their enthusiasm with a lot of the stuff from out here is on steroids. You know. Yeah, man. I guess you've got a pretty you've got a a pretty good history of doing different projects in Japan, right? Didn't you guys record the? The Ray Barbie meets the Matson Two record in Japan. No, no, we recorded that in Sacramento. Oh, at a John, yeah, at the hangar. It's called uh, John Bacigalupi's spot. You ever, you ever heard of a magazine called Tape Op? I have not. No. Yeah, really cool magazine, man. Just pretty much caters to you know musicians, but way more towards like engineers, you know. And it's kind of the alternative for like mix magazine that used to happen back in the day. And it was, a lot of it was just for your kind of like, you know, just like your smaller studios, your, your, you know, um, a lot of the engineers, um, your, your Steve Albini's and your, but Steve is kind of a little more high profile, but he still comes from that school, you know? Um, but anyways, yeah, where, where that magazine happens, um, it, it was done out of the hangar out in, in uh, Sacramento and, uh, my friend, John Bacigalupi, he's the one who engineered that album. Okay. Um, yeah, but 
you know, we've always we've always gone out and toured in Japan, so I think a lot of times um, that's always the reference. Oh yeah, man. There's definitely people, some with, conf- with people. conflicting stories about uh, the making of that record out there, um, as far as because like, <laughs> I was I was thinking about it. I was like, for some reason, I I thought that I because I remember when I picked that CD up, I think it comes with a a little like a making of documentary. Yeah, I was like, I don't yeah. remember it being Japan, but I guess a. I read that somewhere. It threw me <laughs> off, but you know, I like it. it. Just adds to the mystique of of your career, man. People making up rumors. It is. It is what it is, man. <laughs> well, man, uh, I, I'd be uh, kicking myself if I didn't mention it. But there's a there's a skate shop here called Blue Tile. Um, it's uh, like a, oh yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, Blue man, Tile. it's a, a badass shop. And God, a few years back, maybe probably longer ago than I realized, but we had the Matson 2 come there whenever they were on the tour for Agar, and it was just incredible, man. And uh, um, anyways, yeah. I, I mentioned to those guys that I would be talking to you, and they wanted me to send their love your way. Um, but yeah, you got to come to oh, town right sometime, on. man. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd put you up nice and set up something cool. Right. It'd be good to see you. Yeah, man, I would love to, I'd love to come out there playing and doing something, Hopefully, hopefully get an opportunity soon. Yeah, man. Well, keep us in the loop. We'd love to have you. And uh, thanks again for chatting Stupid. today, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely, man. Well, have a good rest of your day, oh. and hopefully we'll cross paths again soon, man. All right. Have a good one. All right. See you, Ray. Okay. Take care. Bye. This has been a Comfort Monk production. <laughs>